What's up? Did somebody wake me? Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderberg. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're queuing up. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. My name is Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader. I'm here, as always, with the co-host and the founder of the Queued Up Podcasting Agency, John Luckenbaugh. Hello, John. Jay, what's good, man? It's uh getting warm here. It's finally starting to feel like spring. Spring is in the air. <laughs> that's, that's it. Now, my singing is horrible. <laughs> we are going to be joined in just a few minutes with our special guest talking about podcast descriptions. But before we get to that, we wanted to make some mention about some of the things that have been happening here lately in the podcasting industry. The first of which I know everyone's talking right now about the Edison Research Infinite Dial Study. We're going to take a couple weeks here at Queued Up, really ingest all of that data and then we're going to present a special series to you folks starting next week with some real actionable insights based off of the infinite dial study. So be tuned for that. The other thing is everyone's talking about the new iOS beta 14.5 or whatever it is. <laughs> and the change, Apple has made it official. Apple is going to change subscribe to follow. Now, one of the things that was reported initially from Rob Walsh and I, of course, being a good follower, echoed what he had said, was that in this new beta, when you click follow, then you also had to make the extra step of clicking a little arrow button to make sure that you were auto-downloading the podcasts. This was picked up by James Cridlin at Pod News, and then Apple went, whoa, 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 that is not what's happening at all whatsoever. There has been no change. Actually, turns out it's a bug in the beta. So. One of the things that people have been talking about and really were focused on was, well, should it be follow? Should it be subscribe? Subscribe is such a confusing word. Everybody else is using follow. And my whole thing was, I don't care about the lexicon. Who cares about the lexicon? And I know that behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, we're working on an episode to talk about podcasting vocabulary uh, that will be coming to you in the coming months. But who cares about the lexicon? What I care about is this auto download. If we can't, if we're not automatically getting downloads from Apple when people click follow, and now we have to tell our listeners that they have to do this extra step, well, our download numbers are going to dramatically fall. So the fact that they discovered that this was a bug is great. And sorry for all the confusion uh, that was put out there. I blame Rob Walsh. <laughs> I'm sure James Cridlin does too, by the way. What do you think, John? I mean, follow, subscribe. I mean, does the word make a difference to you? Well, I like what they were discussing here in the Edison research where subscribe has a, I guess, negative connotation to it, where when people see subscribe, they automatically assume it's paid. By changing it to follow, it should increase the amount of podcast listeners, don't you think? Uh, I mean, maybe. I, I think if there is an increase because there was quote unquote confusion about the word subscribe, it's going to be very minimal. Now, of course, any increase is a good increase. I'm not going right, to, right. I'm not going to argue about that. 
you know, Todd Cochran at Blueberry has been one of the most vocal about the, this is lunacy, you know, the kids coming in, changing everything, get off my lawn, rah, rah, rah. I'm not going to go that far on it, but I, but I do think that it's a little overblown that people are confused by the word subscribe and think it means they have to pay for something. I will use Todd Cochran's main example of YouTube. YouTube's extremely popular amongst the kids and amongst uh, everyone, and they use the word subscribe on YouTube, and it doesn't mean you have to pay money. So that's true. I think it's a little overblown, but I mean, again, like I said, I don't really care. To me, it's a, I want my listeners to be able to automatically get the next episode as soon as it's ready. And whether that's by subscribing or following, it doesn't matter to me what word is used as long as that is the action that is taking place. Because without that action, that's when I have the most trouble with building an audience because I'm going to have to constantly get that word out. You already have to constantly get that word out. Right. But now you really have to work to get that word out. So now I guess all the podcasters are going to have to be conscious of uh, changing their intro or closing when they ask people to subscribe. They're going to have to go go in and redo it, right? To say, please follow us here or come like us or. Yeah, especially if they're uh, pre-recorded mm-hmm. intros and outros. They're definitely going to have to work to change those. I would just say this, this kind of all ties back into everything that we've talked about with best practices here, John, over the last few months. And we know quite a few of you have gone back and listened to the back catalog if you've just discovered us now. And you can listen or follow this podcast everywhere great podcasts are heard to get that back catalog. But this is all about the best way to promote your show. Sending your audience to your website, which is your owned yes. space, and then giving the audience the option once they're there to decide what's the best way for me to follow this show. Is it to follow it on Spotify, follow it on Apple Podcasts, just follow them on social media and wait for that post that's going to come every single time there's a new piece of content available. What is best for that person? Instead of you dictating what is best for your audience, allow your audience to decide for themselves what is best for them. Be platform agnostic so that you're everywhere podcasts are heard. And that means being on all of the platforms, not just Apple, not just Spotify, but on Google, which you're automatically going to be entered into the Google podcasts anyway. On Amazon Music, make sure that you're you're there because they're going to be an up and coming growing company. Make sure you're on Pandora, which is Stitcher, Sirius XM, uh, that whole conglomerate over there. Yep. Try to get on iHeartMedia if you can. Uh, there are a number of different hosting sites that have ways to submit your podcast to be in that on that particular platform. And know that there are a lot of other places where audiences will come, uh, like through Acast or through CastBox or uh, struggling to remember all of my <laughs> all my different listening platforms that will pull directly from the Apple Podcast Index anyway. So just being on Apple ensures that you're going to be on a number of different platforms. But make sure that you're definitely on Apple, you're definitely on Spotify, and you're definitely on Google. Those are the top three currently in terms of platforms. And as we've discussed also in previous episodes, eventually 
all three of those places are going to be equal anyway. In the long run, that's why you need to be on all three. Do you know, is there any place that is still listing it as subscribe rather than follow? I think, I think there were a couple. Uh, well, well, this change in Apple doesn't happen until iOS 14.5 comes out. Currently, that's still in beta. So this is still something that's not quote unquote official. There's still that aspect that it's still to come. But it's a good thing to give podcasters the heads up to like start making that change now with your lexicon so that you get your audience accustomed to the new verbiage. Especially if, let's say you were a, an Apple podcast only, right? Uh, not that you were an exclusive to Apple podcasts, but you yourself decided, I'm just putting my show on Apple. I don't care about the other platforms for whatever reasons you may have. And there are a few that are out there. We'll understand that Apple's lexicon is changing from subscribe to follow. It's and it's an important note because eventually, as the rumor goes, Apple will be providing a, a subscription, uh, which will be, in fact, something that you'll have to pay for. And we have to wait to see. No, we don't have to wait for much longer here, John. Our guest? Uh, we bring back... Uh, a wonderful guest uh, from an earlier episode of the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. It is our good friend, Matt. Matt, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. And uh, I appreciate the uh, the pat on the back there. I'm a great guest. That's good to hear. That is true. By the way, Matthew Stevens, your full name, uh, as you are one of the team members here at the Queued Up Podcasting Agency. I'm going to really focus in on podcast descriptions and why they're important for your podcast and the use of SEO in those podcast descriptions. It sounds like uh, something every podcaster needs to know. It is. It is. It's important that uh, you do your show descriptions properly. It's important that you use search engine optimization if you want to reach a larger audience, if you want to continue growing your podcast, which I imagine if you're listening, you probably do. It's just good all around best practices. And this is something that's different than show notes, correct? So the description is found where? Part of your podcast is going to be your title, your audio, and then your description itself. So your description is going to be what's in the podcast. It, it's exactly what it says it is, really. It describes your listeners what they're going to hear in that episode. Now, it doesn't have to be crazy specific or anything like that, but it does need to kind of give the broad strokes of what the, what the audience is going to hear in the episode itself. This can be found on all the podcasting directories. So it's, it's part of the RSS feed. So wherever you're going to listen to the podcast, you're going to find this description. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's really the main way that you're going to entice people to listen to your podcast that already aren't listening. It's the book cover of your, your podcast, effectively. The queued up podcast on podcasting's description, if I may be so bold as to read what I believe Matthew wrote, or at least edited. The Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting features two gentlemen with multiple years of experience in the podcasting industry. Jay Podvader Soderberg at The Real Podvader has been involved with podcasting since the beginning with stints at ESPN, VoxNest, and the Locked On Podcast Network. John Luckenbaugh, uh, www.qd-up.com, has been helping podcasters for over a decade with production work starting on the TV film side of things. Together, they bring you a weekly look at the business, tech, and marketing impacting podcasting today. That pretty much sums up what this show is all about. Exactly. So you have your, your main podcast description, the description that is 
of the entire show what what is the the show like friends is about well friends and their their adventures and then you're gonna have individual episodes where joey's going to get a new girlfriend or the apartment gets infested with mice or you're going to have your individual episode descriptions which are also critically important to again letting your audience know what that specific episode is about what they should be listening for and i believe we'll be talking about those individual show descriptions in a later episode but for now we're going to focus on that one big description of the podcast i have spoken about podcast descriptions quite extensively on a previous episode of the always listening podcast that I did previous to the queued up podcast on podcasting. Uh, you can find that wherever great podcasts are heard. Really the biggest point about the podcast description is it is the, besides your title it is the best place for free marketing of your show. If a new listener is coming along and they're deciding, well, is this a podcast that I want to listen to? That's the first thing they're going to see and read that gives them an understanding of what it is they're about to click play on. Now, Jay, the podcast host, 2020 Podcast Discovery Survey, they asked 780 listeners about the importance of aspects of a new podcast. And when they consider a new show, the number one reason or the number one aspect is the podcast description. There's a good place to put some SEO stuff in there, too, huh, Matt? <laughs> there absolutely is. So. Uh, not only is the title of your podcast the first way that people can see what it is you're doing, but your show description allows you to use main keywords. So, for instance, the queued up podcast on podcasting, podcast on podcasting is our key phrase. That's what we want people to hear. Uh, that's what we want people to know about. So we're able to include that both in our title and in our show description uh, in an effort to drive clicks into us more specifically. So when people are looking for a podcast on podcasting, they're going to find this exact show. That's one of the main things that you're going to want to do there, in addition to just, you know, making sure it's good content. And it has to be human readable, right? Like, you can't just stuff all the keywords into a, a description, right? Exactly. So, and that's where I come in at with good content. If it's gibberish, if it's broken English, if it is misspellings or grammar mistakes, or just, just, it sucks you're going to alienate your audience. I mean, let's be honest. If if we talked about um, a video recording software in our show description and we're a podcast on podcasting, people are going to make, get a little confused about what we're even doing as a main show note. So absolutely, it's it's important that it has to be readable. It, it has to be enticing. Again, this you're selling your podcast. You're selling your podcast. And if it doesn't read well, if it doesn't sell your podcast, then no one's going to click on it using our description as a perfect example, if we're a podcast on podcasting, then you're going to want to know that the two people that are hosting the show every week are people that are involved in podcasting and what their bona fides are. And I think we've done a good job of sort of highlighting a little bit of my resume and a little bit of John's resume in that podcast description to give people an idea to know exactly who it is that they're listening to and why what they're saying is of importance. Yeah, exactly. So you're displaying your expert credentials. You are displaying exactly what the show is going to be about, what the podcast is going to be about. Again, broad strokes. You're not getting into specifics, but you're showing everybody what, again, what are they clicking on? Why should they subscribe to your podcast? And part of that is, especially with a podcast like this, is going to be you guys, your expert opinions, uh, your expert thoughts, your resume behind that, in addition to those keywords. Do you think it's important to be clear on 
what the audience should expect from it as far as like how often do you post and what they can get out of it, who the show's for? Is that something that would be important? I think it depends. Um, if you're not going to go ahead and, and broadcast on a regular basis, it's probably a terrible idea to say that you're going to show every Tuesday. Or vice versa, if you're going to do it every Tuesday and then you suddenly switch to Thursday and you never update your show description, well, that's that's not going to do you a whole lot of favors. So it really depends on on how good you are as a as a show host, as, as a producer, uh, as all those things. If you're consistent, absolutely put it in there. I think it's important to let people know that you are going to be showing up Tuesday morning every single uh, Tuesday. You're going to have an episode. That's important for people to know because then, hey, they can get excited on my drive in when we drive in places. They're going to be able to know the queued up podcast on podcasting is going to be there or your favorite podcast about insert whatever. Uh, they know it's going to be there and you know you're going to be able to tune into it just like you would with any television program or any radio program that you would normally watch uh, or, or listen to in another format. Yeah, you know, I often feel bad because my NFL podcast that I also do, I often refer to the Thursday episode. So I imagine there are people that wake up on Thursday morning going, hey, where's the podcast? But when I reference that Thursday episode, it means we record it on Thursdays. It actually doesn't come out until late Thursday afternoon. So I should probably go back and reference it as the late Thursday afternoon edition of the podcast instead of just Thursday. So people get a better idea of that. Although that's not in our podcast description. I will say that I'm going to steal some of John's prep work. Sorry, John. Thanks for doing my work for me. <laughs> you know, there, there's a wonderful article that uh, Pacific Content, and they're a great company. They do a lot of great work, and they're very great at sharing some of the things that they have found with the clients that they work with on a regular basis. And they do some deep dives into the podcasting landscape and have done a deep dive on podcast descriptions. John, you have more of the specifics right in front of you because you did the actual work. But uh, my question to you, Matthew, will be the number of characters that are being displayed that are available to be displayed. Those are obviously much more important, even from an SEO standpoint, than the numerous characters that can come after that that aren't necessarily displayed upon first look. And John, can you explain exactly what I'm talking about here when I'm talking about the number of characters that are being displayed? So if you go to your podcasting app of choice and when your episode or your podcast comes up, it'll display maybe 200 characters. It'll display a certain number of characters depending on your app, but then you can collect the see more, correct? Then you would expand that to see the full description. Is that what you're looking for, Jeff? Yes, that's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, I believe Apple displays about 243 characters, although they allow up to 4,000 characters in your show description. But that doesn't mean that the other 3,800 or so, uh, and I know I gave too large of a number. I went to Emerson. We don't do math. But uh, I know that those, those characters are still important in terms of SEO, right, Matt? Absolutely. I mean, from an SEO standpoint, the first sentence or two are really going to be what most people are going to click on or, or, or read or uh, digest. But those words, A, tell your search engines that this is content that has enough in it to be descriptive of something. That's the main thing that Google's looking for is not who's gaming their algorithm the, the best or, or if you have a certain keyword in there, they want to make sure it's relevant content because they want to put it in front of people that are searching for things. Chewy chocolate chip cookie recipe. If it doesn't contain the words chewy chocolate chip cookie recipe and then it's a hundred words about your Nana sweater, uh, it's, it's not going to do you any favors. Uh, they're going to go, well, what are you talking about? Is it a chocolate chip cookie recipe or are you talking about Nana's knitting? 
And then you're not going to rank for chewy chocolate chip cookie recipe. So uh, for a podcast, the first two sentences are really where you're going to hook your user or not. I also bet Nana's sweater doesn't taste very good. I don't know. It smells like sugar cookies. With the maximum length being 4,000 characters, is that too long? If you have 3,500 characters, is that too long for a description, do you think? I, I think it depends on the instance. It really is going to depend on you know what you're writing. If it's a, a niche subject or it's one that you really have to get into the weeds in in the description in order to understand, you're probably not going to be able to do it regardless of how many words you have it. Uh, if it's also just something that, that does well on, on social or does well as little snippets, you know, a shorter description, again, the punchy content is what you're looking for there. From an SEO standpoint, the slightly longer content is what's going to get you ranked better, if that makes sense. So it's it's juggling those two sides of, of the same coin that you want it to be punchy, uh, but you don't want to just bore your reader to death. It's much like the the same thing that Dave Jackson has said about the length of a podcast. Uh, you don't want it to be longer than it is boring, meaning as soon as you find that the content that you're delivering is boring, you've lost your audience. Your show is too long. It sounds similar here with the with the show description. You want it to be punchy. You want it to be relevant, but you don't want it to be too long because your audience is going to get any value out of what you're writing after that. Exactly. And I think it's also important to say, and, and I say this with love, but most people aren't exactly the most intelligent people in the world, and they're not going to read a wall of text. If you put up 5,000 words or 5,000 characters, people are going to look at that and go, oh, no, no, I'm going somewhere else. They need to get that information quickly, which is, again, is why I stress so importantly, it has to be good content. I don't care how good the keywords are. I don't care about any of that stuff. If it doesn't read well, if it's not interesting, you're doing yourself a disfavor. It's kind of crazy that uh, on this uh, Pacific content study, there was actually a bunch that only entered one character in our description, which I don't understand that. <laughs> it's ultimately laziness. And when you start talking about putting up content in any format, people think that if you just put up the show, people are going to listen. And that, that's not the case. Unfortunately, it's not the case. The cream does not always rise to the top, as it were. So you need to sell your content. You do that partially by making sure you rank on search engines, but you also do it by just, again, it has to be good content, just like your podcast does. If it's terrible audio, if it's terrible, all that stuff, um, you're not going to get any listeners, no matter how great it is. Matt, let me throw you a little curveball because we didn't talk about this ahead of time. But a couple weeks ago on the Queued Up podcast, we were talking about Amazon's purchase of Wondery and how Evo Terra of the podcast Pontifications uh, podcast had mentioned that his thought on where the podcast industry is going is that there's not going to be a dominant podcast listening platform. Everyone's essentially going to be equal. As of right now, Apple is very much the dominant player. Spotify is number two, and you have a whole bunch of other platforms that are working to become number three. But really, Amazon and some of the other platforms are looking to become number one. And if everybody's number one, then everybody is number one. And so what is going to make your content stand out? What is it going to help you? What's going to help you? How are you going to best market your show moving forward? It sounds like your podcast description and SEO is probably going to become that much more important moving forward in the podcast industry. Absolutely. Uh, when you think of directories, and that's really what most podcast platforms are, 
in a lot of ways. They're just directories to a bunch of different shows. When you search for something, again, when you search for podcast on podcasting, you want a podcast on podcasting. When I search for a, a chewy chocolate chip cookie recipe podcast, I want one about cookies. If I don't fill that void, if I don't show in my show description that that's what it's going to be about, then I'm not going to click on it. If if you're doing one about UFC and, and fighting, if you talk about, uh, again, Nana's sweater, people aren't going to click on it. So you need to make sure that it's it's enticing. And, and like you mentioned, uh, when it comes to all these platforms, it's important to show what you're about. Again, Nana's sweater, the number one contender for the heavyweight championship, Matt. I mean, come on. Uh, she's got a haymaker that you would not believe. <laughs> so is there any tips for writing a better description? I mean, you already mentioned like front loading most of the important details. I assume you can, taking this from you, Jay, play the Y game. What do you think about that? How dare you steal my <laughs> Yes, the, the Y game is important. And, and um, you know, as far as best practices go, uh, your main keyword should show up in the first paragraph in the first sentence or two, ideally. Uh, you don't want to cannibalize keywords. So if all of your shows are going to have SEO in the title, well, doing SEO in your show description is going to confuse Google. It's going to confuse all these search engines by going, wait a second, wait a second. They're all about SEO. Then why should we care about any of them? Because clearly they can't all be about SEO. They can't all be about this. You want to make sure that your show description is descriptive. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hammer that one home because we see it all too often where people either A, don't put in enough content or B, it's just has nothing to do with what it is you kill yourself you cut yourself off at the knees right from the 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 get-go by not doing that i think it's uh good to put highlights in too both at the the top level description and your episode description sort of like how in our top level description we have jay as being a veteran of espn locked on and, and vox nest just some that people can hone in on and say oh these guys know what they're doing or this is the specific things that are going on this on this episode correct Yes, yes. One thing I, I do need to reiterate is that all of this is best practices. You're going to have to kind of test out what works. Uh, un unfortunately, there is no step-by-step -step process that is going to guarantee you success every single time. For certain topics, for certain podcasts, it might make more sense to not necessarily ignore the keyword, but to pump up your host, your experience in that way, if it's a technical topic. If it's something that does lend itself to keywords, then pump that up as well. But you need to go ahead and play around with your description to find out what works best and, and ultimately testing that for your audience, for your topic, for all of those things are, are going to be what's important. You mentioned it, John, for queued up podcast on podcasting, talking about your guys' experience is going to be the most important part. If it's some dude down the street that has never been on a podcast before doing a podcast about podcasting. I'm not clicking on it. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Nana Sweater knows so much about <laughs> podcasting. It's not even funny. I mean, Nana Sweater is literally the greatest being on the face of the planet. It, <laughs> she does everything. Nana is pretty great, but chances are she does not know a whole lot about podcasts. <laughs> uh, probably not. Although that segment is growing. So Matt, we've we've really hammered home a lot here on the podcast description, but there is the episode description and show notes. And I do think those are things, while we've touched on episode descriptions here, we can really hammer home a little bit more on a future episode, I think. 
when it comes to episode descriptions and show notes specifically. Yes, a lot of the same things will apply on both, uh, but show descriptions allow us to kind of get a little bit more into the weeds in specifics on on things that you want to do, best practices. And because it's a, a constantly evolving thing, as you put out new episodes, it allows you to kind of experiment a little bit more. So th- there's a lot more to go into with show notes and individual episode descriptions. Awesome. So Matt, where can uh, people get in touch with you? Uh, people find you if they have more questions about SEO in their show descriptions. Well, as always, you can contact Queued Up. Uh, that's where you're going to typically find me or be able to hire me. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I also do some stuff with USA Today and, and football. Uh, Matthew S underscore NFL is the way to find me there. Um, but again, if you want me to do anything with SEO or, or your show description or help you out marketing, uh, Queued Up is the way to go ahead and go when it comes to that. John, how do people get in touch with Queued Up? You can reach us at Info at queuedup.com. That's the email address. Website is qd-up.com. And we're available on all social channels. Awesome. I am at the real pod Vader on Twitter. My DMs are open. Very easy to get in touch with. LinkedIn, I'm available there as well. Again, just search Pod Vader. You can find me next fan up at gmail.com is the email address that is best for you to reach out to me, uh, unless I've given you my private email, which I don't do on the podcast because it's private. That's the whole point. I'd have that in my show description if I had a show description about my emails. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, Matt, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast once again. Some great stuff. Uh, John, uh, you and I are going to reconvene again next week on this lovely show called The Cute Up Podcast on Podcasting. Until then, there you have it.